0: Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today is vital. We're going to teach you how to explain and communicate to um, people with a different belief system, okay, because we have to connect with people, even though there's massive governmental overreach, there's massive panic and fear, and you may not be able to talk to um, your neighbors, relatives, or whatever. I mean, do you remember back if you lived in Huntington Beach, they told you to keep off the grass because of COVID nineteen? Okay, that's crazy. Now, um, what? And and okay, so here I'm doing some research the other day, and I get on this website, and it's servust dot com, some European site and it's all in German, and it comes out in a translation. And, uh, you know, because Germany's got some really good researchers. And, <laughs> and so I get this warning that says, sorry, this content is unavailable in your country. Um, yeah, I always thought that we lived here um, in, a, in a free, you know, um, country. Now, one thing with communication Um, Logic, and this is a quote from a book called The Rape of the Mind by Just Merlot. Quote, logic can be met with logic. Well, illogic cannot. It confuses those who think straight. The big lie and monotonous repeated nonsense have more emotional appeal than logic and reason. Well, the people are still searching for a reasonable counter-argument to the first lie. The totalitarians assault them with an other. Uh, so just, end of quote, so think of this, closing beaches and parks to protect you. Church is dangerous, so it must be closed, but Costco is open. Uh, cover your face unless, um, unless you're sitting. I mean, you know, you've got to cover your face the way you walk to a table. And all these restrictions are only two weeks to just flatten the curve so the hospitals wouldn't be overwhelmed. Okay, can you smell it yet? Well, understand each of these waves of terrorizing, of restrictions is just the frog in the pot pulling up the water. So you know, I mean, if somebody said um, in March of last year that they were, you were going to have to have vaccine passports, that if you weren't um, submitting your body to a forced medical procedure without informed consent, um, that you would not be able to buy groceries or travel or go to the store, that your entire bill of rights would be eliminated you'd say, no, I'm not going to sign up for this. But 18 months later, as each restriction slowly increases, um, where we have this normalcy bias, where we think that things are going to go back to normal, and things will not go back to normal. But the only way that we can get stuff back to normal or back to a world where we're living in harmony with each other is by getting, developing communication. And that's where the nonviolent communication comes from. Um, It was started by Marshall Rosenberg, because this, this is huge. And think of this. Have you been in a restaurant or anywhere, and someone looked at you with this religious fervor and said, are you vaccinated? Okay, and you might say, well, that's my own business, F off. Or you might say, when somebody asks you, are you vaccinated? No, and I don't plan to be. Um, I have more faith in my immune system and God than an experimental medical procedure with no long-term studies. Huh? Nice answer. I know. Um, when, when when people say you must have a mask, that's store policy. I mean, how many times have you been in a, in a store and somebody says cover your nose? And it's like you know, eighteen-year-old kid that you know has no life experience giving a full-grown man some orders? Uh, no. Okay, so when you're confronted with you must have a mask, that is store policy, you could tell them two things. One, a mask interrupt my breathing, interrupts my breathing, and it's not good for me. Okay, and then just walk on. Uh, you know, they can throw a hissy fit if they want to, um, or you could just, you know, say thank you very much, you don't have authority to do this. Or you can have a comment like, Rebreathing in my own waste weakens my immune system, so I choose not to wear one. Does your store have accommodations for people with my condition? Uh, so this way you get the handicap thing going on. Now, <laughs> uh, now this is hugely important because we're going to go over this stuff tonight. But nonviolent communication—I totally recommend you look at this. Mar- Marshall Rosenberg started it um, or developed it, and it is amazing. It's it's a it's a, a way to communicate without judgment, and which sounds simple. And I'm going to do. I've only been to like you know five six seminars on this, and I've read three books on it, uh, so I'm, I'm knowledgeable in it, but not an expert. And I encourage you because there are nonviolent communication seminars. Go to them, practice it, but it's going to sound overly simple. Okay, and this is, I've probably purchased 100 books over the last 10, 15 years and given them out. It involves four things, observation, feelings, needs, and requests. And people only want to communicate please or thank you. And, and, okay, these concepts sound different, but listen to this. Observations, feelings, needs, and requests. Those four things have to be done. Now, observation... This is without judgment. This is the hardest thing to do. It's what you actually see, what you hear, what's happening. Feelings are what you feel, only your feelings. And you can't say, well, you're, it, it's, if, if you say, um, you're making me feel this way. No, you're actually choosing to feel this way based on that person's um, actions or words. Your needs, what you're actually needing And and it has to be something tangible, something clear and concise, not just feeling better. And then you give a request. So observation, feelings, needs, and a request. And the request, it has to be clear, and you have to be okay with a no. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in a request. Now, this is going to be a completely different thing because there's no really rightness or wrongness in this. Okay, Um, There's no punishment. There's no reward. And I love the way Marshall puts this, the two most dangerous words, deserve and should. See, when you're should, you're, you're, when you're saying, oh, I should do this, I should do this, um, the way he puts it is you're shitting on yourself. Um, and, and this is you're living towards someone else's values. And deserve means that it, it's, it's almost like you know, this should happen no matter what. So uh, when you hear someone that says, you make me so angry, no, your actions, I'm choosing to respond to this in a certain fashion. Uh, it hurts me when you say this, okay? And again, that's, uh, those are judgments and those not, are not effective communication techniques to making that connection, particularly when we're talking about our psychotic world of today, now, thousands of years have been put in training um our 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 population, okay, and how you've been educated to think and this is this is where you're forced to listen you're forced to sit in a class everything, and you've been educated uh, not to connect with your needs um i mean you, you know you may have been um sad or do you judge yourself? being oppressed? Do you think you're a failure? I'm not motivated. I'm stupid. I'm not respected. Okay, be, pretty much because of the thousands of years of training. We're not taught to be good to ourselves. There was an example that he used, um, Marshall, in uh, in one of his lectures. And, you know, it was a pretty fancy lecture at Santa Barbara's, you know, upper middle income people. Uh, and uh, he said, "Write down a mistake that you made and how you educated yourself." And I was amazed. Of course, you know, I was shy, sat in the back. When I'm, unless I'm teaching, I'm shy. And um, these people would write down, and you know, just a little mistake, like you know, you turn left, you should have late for an appointment. And, you know, nothing like you killed anyone. Okay, so so a small mistake, and and people would recriminate or, or, or abuse themselves by saying, how do you talk to yourself when you've made a mistake? People would write down, you stupid dumbass, you do this every time. And so if we're that violent to ourselves, how are we going to respond to others um, in, in challenging circumstances? So now, one, you can change your, your body posture. Anxiety, stress, depression are all emanating from the frontal lobe and from the gut. So if you change your body posture, you stand up straight, shake your chin up straight or sit up straight, this is going to change the influence to your cerebellum. Now, have you ever changed your emotion in a moment? Have you ever gone from sad to happy? And most people will say, no, I never have. Okay, yeah, so you're watching... um, a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, you're watching somebody kick butt and you're all excited and everything and the next minute there's a Hallmark commercial on with a puppy running through the field. Yeah, your emotions go from one to another very, very quickly. So you can change your state quickly. Now, in our environment where there is a massive polarization of opinions and um, diverse opinions are not allowed in our society anymore because of the tyrannical takeover. Giving advice without it being asked for is a violation, it's immoral, it's, it's like a rape of the mind. And this is what the, the government, public, and um, most stores that you go into are doing in order to survive in this communist type regime or totalitarian regime. So when you're giving advice, you have to ask permission so if you see, um, uh, let's let's say um, someone's wearing a mask and you're walking outside and they give you a dirty look. If you say, you know, those masks are harmful, they're not shown to be a benefit, they're actually damaging in multiple ways, you're giving advice without it being asked for. However, if you go in and say, you know, I have some information that may be of value about you, um, to you for uh, regarding the mask you're wearing, uh, would you be interested in hearing it? So you have to ask permission first, and the tough part is if you if you're giving advice without it not being asked for, um, that's kind of like someone saying put your mask up, okay? You, you know it's it's just tough. Now the toughest part, and this is one of the the biggest challenges you can have is criticism, blame, and judgment are always a way to say please. Okay, so now think of, think of what um, people are going to say. Criticism, blame, and judgment are a way to say please. Um, if somebody says, you don't care, okay, are you going to respond with, yes, I do care? Okay, What are they actually saying? Now, this is listening beyond the words. You don't care. This person is saying, please hear me. And think of your response. Think of your, how different would your response be if someone comes in and says, "You never listen," and what you heard was, I, "I really want to be heard. I want you to understand me," instead of "You never listen." Okay? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? So, so think of this. If you're listening to the meaning beyond the words, so criticism, blame, and judgment are all different ways to say, please, please hear me. And, and what's neat is when you're hearing this, you're only going to hear please or thank you, which is fantastic. Now, observation, and this is the first most important aspect of the nonviolent communication, the highest form of human intelligence is to observe without judgment. This is exactly Sherlock Holmes. I mean, all the way. It's sight, hearing, touch, smell, um, inner voice, just the facts, okay? Um, Like observation versus observation with mixed evaluation. Uh, If you say you're too judgmental, you're too sensitive, you're too this, those are all judgments, okay? But to observe without judgment. Like um, if you were to say you never call, Okay, well you're talking to them on the phone more than likely right there. So you might say, okay, to observe without judgment, uh, you know, you only call me like once a week or once a month, and I'm missing our connection. Okay, wouldn't that get, get like a a little bit different, a little bit better connection? Um when when you're looking at judgment and figure judgment is how we've survived. It's literally how we've made it. So if you're walking down an alleyway, and this is primal, you're judging, is that alleyway safe or dangerous? You come up to a stranger on the street. The only way that our species has survived is to judge, is that person safe or dangerous? Should I get ready to defend myself or run away? Now, the problem with judgment, it limits our connection, And so if you're looking at someone, dirty, greasy clothes or they're elegant clothes or they're torn or they have a bulge in their jacket or something, okay? Um, Judgment can save you, but it also limits our connection, it limits our communication, and it limits our hearing particularly. And so remember, observations, feelings, needs, and requests. So observations without judgment and when when you hear okay criticism, um, it's always a way to say please. Their needs are not getting met. Now, when you're looking at feelings, behind every feeling there's a need. Okay, and feelings are universal. Um, and, and in fact, I would recommend you never ask how are you feeling, because feelings change. I mean, the, the the greatest example that was used. In one of the seminars was these two people, husband and wife, were having an argument, heated argument, heated argument. I mean, you know, blah, 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 back and forth. And finally, the wife says, do you love me? And the husband, which which I think would be the most brilliant answer in the world, but most husbands can't do this, um, is to say, you mean feeling a deep affection? Not right now, because I'm pissed off. I don't like this argument. But ask me in a half hour, feelings change. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Oh, my God. Honesty, connection, everything. But now, in, when you're looking at feelings, identify your feelings without judgment and without that other person being responsible. So feelings are needs. You've got to identify your needs in order to be clear. Like, I'm feeling very frustrated because my need of connecting you is not met. And and then if you're trying to connect with someone else, this is when you can go fishing. Are you feeling sad because you're needing to be understood, or are you feeling angry because you're needing to be heard? Are you feeling frustrated? And what's neat is when you hit on the right feeling. And here's here's a good good clue. If you're feeling angry, frustrated, and unheard, I can guarantee you the person you're talking to is feeling angry, frustrated, and unheard. So you've got a barometer in your chest, in your, your heart, okay, that will tell you if you're connecting with that person and what their needs are not being met. And that's when you go fishing. And by fishing, are you feeling sad or angry or hurt or frustrated? Because you're needing, bam, and then you guess word. Now, when your needs are met, and I've got a whole list here, and this is a list that we give our patients. And it's wonder, elated, proud, safe, amazed, exuberant. Okay, when your needs are not met, fragile, irritated, guarded, depressed, helpless, alienated. Okay, and, and once you identify those, those are amazing because needs are universal. Needs are universal. We all have the same needs. We need a peace, and this is acceptance, balance, communication. We need play. We need adventure, excitement, love, joy, humor. We need connection, which is acceptance, affection, appreciation. We need autonomy. Good God, in our society today, autonomy, a, a choice, dignity, independence, self-expression. Okay, do you want autonomy, bodily autonomy, where you decide what's injected into your body or where you could go? Okay, do you, do you have a need for meaning and this is awareness, celebration, clarity, competence, consciousness, contribution. I mean, they're the, the main, main needs, peace, play, connection, autonomy, and meeting. Um, it's amazing. Now, um, the request. Remember, it's observation, feelings, needs, and requests. The request is, is huge, but you have to accept the no. The example I use is with my youngest son. Now, he was just a teenager playing video games, okay, sitting on the couch, and I'm the single dad that works 12, 15 hours a day. I'd leave, he's playing video games, okay. Come back, he's playing video games. Leave, buddy, can you take out the trash? Come back, you know, 12 hours later, was the trash taken out? No, it wasn't. Okay, so... First, um, my first response, and this is okay. You can have a first response like this that you want to just scream and yell and say, what the hell are you doing? You want to throw judgments out there, saying you lazy shit. Um, but then take a deep breath. Let's use the nonviolent communication. Observation. Buddy, you didn't take the trash out. That's right. Okay, Um so you're doing it without judgment. You're not saying, "Look, I asked you to do this. You didn't do this. How lazy you could do." You know, that that that's not going to work. So when you're observing, you didn't take the trash out. What are you feeling? You're feeling unappreciated. I got to tell you, I was. I'm feeling disrespected because I I asked him to do something and he said no, or he didn't do what I asked him to. Of course, I didn't really ask him. I more gave him an order. Okay, so what am I needing? Okay, I'm needing help. I'm needing connection. I'm needing appreciation because I'm working my butt off and he's not doing anything except sitting on the couch. Okay, so my request to him was, Buddy, I'm, I'm feeling very frustrated, so I'm expressing my feelings from my point of view. I'm feeling completely unheard and I'm really needing help and and, and um, appreciation for my efforts would you be willing to take the trash out? And do you know what he said? He said no. Okay, so all of a sudden I want to choke him out, okay, but an adult man can't do that to a teenager, even though it would have been very satisfying. So I said, is there anything else you'd want to do to help support the house? And he says, yeah, I'll I'll pick up the dog shed. And It's like, oh my God, our whole backyard was Spanish tile, so when the dog pooped, you had to pick it up, you had to hose that off, and then when you're hosing that off, you got to water all the plants. I mean, we're talking 45 minutes worth of work. And I said, you're kidding. You would rather do that than take out the trash? And he says, yeah. And so the next night, I come home, the backyard is immaculate, everything's watered, Um, I pick up that trash and I danced back to the trash can. I was happier in hell to take out the trash myself. So when you're looking at this, we all are trying to make life more wonderful. When you're communicating with others, realize that they are are, are just trying to make life more wonderful for themselves. And they have been raised in thousands of years with judgments, with Um, lack of clarity, lack of being able to connect with their own feelings or express their own feelings. And that's what we're having in our society today. Uh, So when someone says, put your mask up, sir, and your first response, and you can have that first response inside of anger, frustration, um, but but then take a minute, give yourself self-empathy. Just take a deep breath. You know, kind of like when, when your kid doesn't take out the trash hat and you ask them to. Okay, or when, you know, the 18-year-old says, cover your nose, sir, before you order a cup of coffee, and you see the person next to you is drinking their coffee without a face mask. Okay, so the entire absurdity that drives you crazy on the inside, just twist your guts around, that's when you need self-empathy. You need to take a deep breath, diaphragmatic breathe, exhale out, and... Then you can communicate, and you can communicate super effectively because by expressing your feelings, needs, and requests. So you can tell them, I'm rebreathing in my own waste, weakens my immune system, so I choose not to wear one. Does your store have accommodations for people with my condition? Oh, my God. Brilliant, nice, and connected. Yeah. And then you can take out your paintball gun and shoot them in the forehead. No, you can't do that. <laughs> so... Realize that we're all trying to get um, a connection. Even these, these um, bureaucrats that are, are taking over our country in this tyrannical uh, source. And that's what we're going to talk about in our, our second half on what uh, internalization of the government is, um, what the world is doing. But realize you cannot, cannot approach illogical, and panic people with logic. It doesn't work that way. But nonviolent communication does work that way. Observations, feelings, needs, and requests. And please, I encourage you to get a book, the Nonviolent Communication. There's several books that Marshall wrote. Um, I think his information is still available on YouTube. It more than likely will be censored, okay, because it is a way to connect to people. And the more people connect, the more powerful people become. And the more separate and scared um, and sick the people are, the easier they are controlled. So nonviolent communication is one way that we can take back our power, take back our connection with each other. Because remember, our governed rules by consent of the governed. Okay, at least that's in our Constitution um, or the Declaration of Independence. We are now in a state where the government is not ruling with the consent of the governed, they are a tyrannical source. So we have to take our country and world back. This is Dr. John Bergman, your health advocate. God bless you, and I love you.